Hey, running friends. Welcome to the Wrinkled Runner podcast. I'm Sherry, the Wrinkled Runner. I'm over 50 and I love to run wherever I go, but Buffalo, New York is my home. If you are looking to start to run or you're an older runner, this podcast is especially for you, so subscribe now. I love to help people get running and keep running. On today's episode, I will be doing an Ask the Coach session. The question asked was about strength training and how to know what to do. Since we're runners, what areas we should focus on. I know for most of us, running is our mainstay and the other things that we do to enhance might not be as much fun. This, of course, can lead to us dropping uh, whatever we don't like, even if we know it will make improvements to what we do like. Things like warming up, strength training, cross training, we can go at it in bouts and we're good at it for, say, three months and then we start skipping here and there and next thing you know, six months has gone by and we haven't lifted a weight. Then we go at it again for a while and then we stop and it's just this big cycle. So the question I was asked was, what is the most efficient way we as runners can strength train without adding like an hour of extra work at the gym every day? So the person who asked the question and probably you as well, will be happy to know that you don't have to do that. I'm going to break what to do into two sections. Now, I'm not going to go into like very specific exercises because you can find, you know, all of that information and I'll link you up to some, uh, some good resources, reputable resources for that. But what I'm going to be talking about today is a more general strength training that applies to all runners. And then the second part, I'm going to hone in on some areas that might be unique to you and how you can figure out through assessments whether you should be strengthening other areas or stretching other areas with dynamic stretches to make it a little more personalized and so that you can focus maybe on some things that are going on that you might not even be aware of. Sometimes we think we have to change our whole running form in order to address some of the things that we see in ourselves when running, but there are times when it's a muscle imbalance and it might not even be what you think is giving you issues. So let's just dive in. So on the runners in general side of things, doing exercises that focus on what you use for running are best if you don't want to spend a ton of time in the gym. Squats, lunges, planks are all examples of exercise that you can do to power up your running. And if you're like me, you know, sometimes we just randomly do some lifting at the gym. And what I did for a long time was actively avoided anything that focused on my legs. I was too afraid about fatigue and that it would interfere with my running, not make it better. And if you have a race coming up, a recent study has shown that it is a good idea to taper with little to no strength training in the few weeks before, just so your legs are fresh for the race. So that is, uh, fatigue in the legs is a thing that we do want to avoid when we are specifically, you know, honing in on a race and it's in the next few weeks. And also, if you're not training your legs right now and you do switch to doing so, you are going to have some soreness and fatigue during your runs uh, while your body gets used to that and adjusts to the fact that you are now working those muscles. But in the end, it is going to make you stronger. Now, it is always a good idea to talk to your doctor or your sports PT when adding in new things to your fitness routine. I'm an older runner and so, you know, I like to make sure that my doctor knows that I'm a runner uh, whenever I go in and, you know, I will talk to her about things that I might be adding in 
just in case it's something that she, you know, wants me to have a little more caution for. So I try to hit the gym a few times a week and I do it after an easy run. So my main goal is running, uh, just probably like a lot of you are if you're listening to this podcast. So getting your run in first, in my opinion, should be your priority, especially if you're not sure about time that day or you know, you're kind of just not feeling it and you have, and you want to do something, but maybe your whole routine, you're, you're kind of not like thinking maybe you're going to do, get that run in. Okay. But on easy days, I like to hit the gym and that way I'm not, you know, overly fatigued and my form doesn't break down while I'm in the gym. Now, if I'm marathon training, I do make sure that I'm not squatting or lunging like the day before my long run. So that's something you might want to avoid. Even if you have an easy run, say the day before a long run, you might not want to do a whole bunch of like deadlifts and dumbbell squats. Okay. So <laughs> just, just know that. Some other exercises that you can incorporate are glute bridges. Uh, if you can tolerate being on the floor, that might be a contraindication for some of you. So again, make sure you check with your doctor because sometimes there are uh, things that are that we have, uh, either chronic diseases or different things uh, within our individual bodies, that some of the stuff uh, isn't something that would be recommended. So you can't just especially if you have something like, you know, diabetes or some of these other things that make physical uh, things a little more tricky, you are going to want to make sure you check with your doctor to make sure that, you know, you're not laying on the floor doing a hip bridge and you can't get up or, you know, your blood pressure goes up or something like that, okay? Now, using a band for resistance and doing clamshells and lateral walking will also help with hips and glutes. Now, I like to add in some bicep and tricep work since arm swing is involved with running and I just want to have, you know, some better looking arms, but some runners, they just want to hit the gym and be done. So if that's something that you want is to just focus on your legs, then just do that and you can move on. You can, of course, find lots of information on exercise routines for runners specifically. Make sure it's reputable, like I said before. And the other thing I like to emphasize is if you find a routine that you like, stick with it for a while. The goal is to get stronger and to be able to lift more, which you can do by sticking with the same exercises and then just progressing them instead of finding like a different routine every week, which I used to do, but it's not my favorite thing in the world. And so I would like try to find a different routine every single week, not only because I like variety, but also I'm like, oh, you know, I got to make sure I hit this and make sure I hit all of these things. But now I try to focus on keeping consistent with kind of the same routine for a while and then progressing that up. So, you know, if you are keeping a log, which I strongly suggest you do, then you can write down that you were doing a dumbbell leg squat with 10 pound weights and eight reps three times, you know, for three sets. And then as you progress, you know, the eight reps three times at 10 pounds is going to be feeling really, really easy. And that's your cue to then progress up. And what you might want to do, what I usually do is I will then progress up, say to 15 pounds for the first eight reps in the first set, and then subsequently still do the 10. 
And then when that's really easy, I do 15, 15, 10, and then 15, 15, 15, until then I want to progress more because 15, 15, 15 is starting to uh, feel easy. So hopefully that, hopefully that makes sense. And, you know, guessing every time you're going to do your squat, we, oh, you know, what was it? What was it? Wait, did I use last week? Did I, was it 15, 10, 10? Was it 15, 15, 10? I don't remember, you know go ahead and log it. I have a um, an old tile from when we did our kitchen floor downstairs that I just use a whiteboard marker on and it, it's like my personal whiteboard and I just write everything down on it and then I can erase it and uh, add to it when I'm going to progress. So every week I know what I'm going to do, the days I'm going to do them and the different weights that I'm at and then I can just erase and you know, add to it as I progress. So one thing I uh, recommend also is for those of you who belong to a gym is to find out if you can get a complimentary session with a personal trainer. A lot of times when we join a gym, we we find out that we can have a complimentary session and we just, eh, no, you know, we don't want to do that. But they can do some assessments with you and perhaps recommend some specific exercises to do based on your personal preferences, your body, and any things that may hinder you from doing traditional squats or lunges or core work or things that like all runners in general should do but there are ways to adjust those so that you're getting the same benefit without perhaps harming your body if you have some of these things that you need to watch out for. Okay we are going to get into a word from our sponsor now but I want you to keep listening for the second piece of the strength training puzzle. Physical and mental fatigue is often the biggest barrier to success in any activity involving strength, endurance, and mental focus. Achieving your body's peak muscle response is crucial for maximum athletic performance. Finding something that tastes great that can help that muscle response is a plus. I'm so glad that I found the Amino Company. They offer a 100% science-backed essential amino acid formula called Perform that helps build your endurance and prepares you for harder workouts. Perform has been scientifically proven to improve muscle performance, reduce fatigue and recovery times, and increase the benefits from workouts. You can check out their science by visiting aminoco.com WR30. Perform has been my go-to pre-run fuel source for about six months now. Because I usually run or work out early in the morning, putting together and then eating a full meal is not something that is convenient. I can keep my pre-made pink lemonade perform in a water bottle next to my bed and drink it as soon as I wake up so that the benefits of having a pre-run snack kick in as I get ready to go out the door. Since I have found perform works well with my body and doesn't upset my stomach while on the run, I am happy to keep using it and I want to try all the flavors. I'm very careful about the kinds of things I put in my body, and I'm also careful about accepting the offers from companies that have wanted to partner with me over the years. I am excited that I found a product that I use and that I can introduce to all of you. In Amino Company's clinical trials, muscle protein synthesis from exercise more than doubled by using Perform. The Amino Company's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from those workouts. The Amino Company's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed over 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. 
If you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram-for-gram basis than any protein source. And right now, when you visit aminoco.com WR30 and use the discount code WR30 at checkout, you can get 30% off. The second part of strength training is the individual exercises for you that strengthen or stretch muscles that are imbalanced or weak. Sometimes we get caught up in thinking something is wrong with our running form without addressing the muscle weaknesses or compensations that we are doing because of our muscle imbalances, not because of running form. So I'm a month away from getting my personal trainer certification, and I've been learning a lot about how muscles work and all the things that go into movement, even things that we aren't aware of that have an influence on whether we move well. So for every move you make, there is a prime muscle that is supposed to do the work called the agonist. And with a name like agonist, you can probably guess what the opposing muscle is called, and that one has to relax and lengthen so the agonist can do its work. So yeah, it's the antagonist. So think of bending your arm up like in a biceps curl. No surprise that the biceps are the agonists and the triceps are the antagonists. So when you're curling up, your biceps are contracting as your triceps relax and lengthen. And then there are also assistant muscles called synergists that help the prime muscles out. Now in running, as you probably are aware, we are using our hamstrings, quadriceps, glutes, hips, and your calf muscles for a large percent of the load. When our muscles are not working efficiently, they can be overactive, which means they're always in this little state of some contraction, even if you don't know it. Or they can also be underactive, which means they aren't being used up to their potential. And there's this uh, relationship between agonists and antagonists that are underactive and overactive that can go on in your body that if you become aware of, then you'll have a better idea of what to focus on for your running muscles. Now, the underactivity or the overactivity, all that means is that they're not being used up to their potential. And it also leads to the body compensating for these inefficiencies. And if you don't know these things are going on, especially in your running musculature, trying to fix any issues you may be having by just changing your running form can also lead to more injuries and not even addressing the problem. So how can you assess whether you may have some underactive or overactive muscles? So there's an assessment that a personal trainer does, which is just watching a client do an overhead squat. And the overhead part means the arms are up over the head with the elbows extended and, and your like bicep area is by your ears. Now when the squat takes place, they can see if, for example, feet are turned out, knees are caving in, if there's excessive forward lean, or if your lower back arches. And all these can be compensations for weaknesses in the muscles that should be uh, doing all the work when you do a squat. So overactive muscles, they need stretching and strengthening, and underactive muscles need to be strengthened as well. So if you did do this overhead squat uh, with a personal trainer, and your feet did turn out, okay, for example, what you would want to focus on 
in your warm-up is to activate the calves, maybe do some calf raises. Um, there are some lunges that focus on the calves and you know, get those calf muscles warmed up and ready to go before a run. And then in your strength training session, you would want to concentrate on your calves and your glutes and on the hamstrings as well, doing some stretches with the hamstrings, dynamic stretches, and uh, some more strength training. So having a personal trainer do this assessment can help you dial in a bit better on a more individualized and more efficient strength training program instead of just throwing weight around and with no direction. So like I said before, signing up for even one session with a personal trainer can go a long way to helping you get the most bang for your buck in the gym. And then if you do this overhead squat assessment, and there's a, some other assessments that uh, they can walk you through as well, and you know, all of that looks really good and that you don't have overactive or underactive muscles, then you can focus more on, you know, generalized uh, strength training for running muscles. And then also if you're having some issues that running form would help you with, then you will know that your muscles are acting the way they should so that maybe form is the thing that you should be looking into. So just like with running, involving someone who can help you get results, even if it's just for a short time, can make all the difference in, in your training. You've heard the saying, train smarter, not harder, and that is the truth. When you have what you need to train smart, the whole process can get you where you want to go, and I think you're going to enjoy that process a lot more when you have more knowledge. So I'm going to put some resources in the show notes that you can look at for a deeper understanding of overactive and underactive muscles in general, and also link you to a visual representation of the overhead squat assessment and what personal trainers are looking for when they look for that. Today's episode is the last one of the season. I'll be going on a break until the first Monday of July, so make sure to join me in season six starting then. And keep those questions coming even during the break. It helps me to formulate and lay out uh, on a season-by-season basis what I'm going to go over. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you know another runner who could benefit from today's topic, go ahead and share it. Do you have any running questions? You can ask me. Email me at sherry at wrinkledrunner.com and if I can't answer your question, I will do the research to find the answer and share it with you. The questions I get from listeners like you help me develop episodes, so please don't be shy. You can sign up for my once a month newsletter using the link provided so that you can have all the Wrinkled Runner resources from the past month all in one place. I also have opened up my virtual coaching in addition to coaching one-on-one with those in the Buffalo, New York area. So head to my coaching page on the Wrinkled Runner website, which I will, of course, link to, and check out how we may be able to work together. Until next Monday, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the run.